Chapter 42 What's happening? asked Gabby. Everything, I answered, relaxing and relaxing. Everything at once. I wasn't trying to be mysterious. Everything that could happen really was happening, all around us, all at the same time. Ignacio died in Gabby's arms, and then he was fine, sleeping sweetly as Gabby cradled him, black hair peeking out from his swaddling. Then a different Gabby was cradling him, and then another and another, all with different barrettes, hot air balloons, the entire periodic table, the word love in different languages, female superheroes, and then... Ignacio was back in the incubator, and Misrael and four Gabby dads watched him, sick with worry. Nurses and doctors appeared and disappeared, sticking Ignacio with syringes or more IVs in his tiny, bruised body. And then the room was lightless and empty and had been for a long time. No machines turned on, no sign of any of us. Jump again. It was daytime, and the room had turned freezing cold. And sometimes I was in the room, and sometimes I wasn't. And then a nurse I'd never met and would never see again noticed Gabby and me through the cling wrap barrier between universes and was about to scream right before I moved us along. Transparent people vanished like ghosts and were replaced by others who burst to life in the room like a flame on a match. And then a baby girl was fighting for her life in the incubator and the people in the room were her family. Not Gabby's, not mine. And it was someone else's story altogether. I don't understand, said Gabby. Deep breath, I said. Things will slow down if we relax. Gabby sucked in air and let it out. The room started to change more slowly. We watched some Gabby dads weep when they received bad news, then poof, laugh for joy at good news. Misriel wailed and Misriel rejoiced, and Misriel put on a brave face as she was comforted as she comforted other Gabby dads, and Misriel thanked God in heaven for saving her son. Some Gabs wept in their some Gabbies wept in their hands and others rejoiced, more grateful than they'd ever been in their entire lives. We saw all sorts of cells, too, and pappies and American stepmoms, and lots of people we would never know who somewhere, sometime, were part of Ignacio's life, and sometimes death. No one can see this but us? asked Gabby, pointing to the people outside of this little room. I shook my head. She walked around, putting her hands through ghosts. All these things we're seeing, asked Gabby. They're real? Not in our universe, but somewhere, yeah. Okay, so how do these other universes help us? I didn't say anything, because that was exactly my point, Gabby. Remember, I have no idea what I'm doing. Thanks for listening. Oh, she said, looking at me across the room full of possibility between us. That was what you were saying before, wasn't it? I gave her double thumbs up. I walked over to She walked over to me, passing right through a Gabby from somewhere else who was screaming and crying at the unfairness of life. Well, let's start with what we know. When Yasmani was being a jerk to you, how'd you find the chicken universe? By relaxing. Okay, she said. She was hoping saying okay would help her understand. It didn't work. But what does that mean? Relax. We've been through this, remember? The screened-in porch. Yeah, I remember. But tell me again. Okay, it's the opposite of what you're doing now. Ugh, she took a deep breath. Okay, okay. You're the Kung Fu master, Sal. I'm the white belt. Please explain to me, master, how to relax. I could get used to being called master. Well, white belt, you can use meditation techniques like I do. I learned a bunch from my psychologist back in the day. Fine. So teach me. How do I meditate? I moved so that we were standing side by side looking out at the room. Okay, don't close your eyes. You have to use all your senses. Ready? Ready. 
Okay, raise your hands in the air. It will help us concentrate. Um, Ignacio? I looked around, put him in the incubator. She did, came back, and copying me, raised her hands as high as they could go. Okay, now picture this. You are sleeping on the belly of a giant. He's a friendly giant. He, does he have to be, does it have to be a he? Um, I guess not. I've always pictured a giant man. Typical boy. I'm picturing a 50-foot woman. Picture a 50-foot taco for all I care, but don't interrupt. You can't interrupt and meditate at the same time. Maybe you can't. I'm gifted. I ignored that. Breathe in, white belt. Then breathe out. Listen to your master. Breathe in. Breathe out. Picture yourself sleeping, snug and safe inside your giant taco. Don't make me laugh, she said with a laugh. Breathe in. Breathe out. Eyes open. Breathe out. You hear the giant taco's heartbeat? Tacos don't have heartbeats. Silliness can save you, white belt. Breathe in. You feel warm and secure. Breathe out. The giant taco will protect you. The giant taco is your friend. Breathe in. The giant taco will help us choose. The giant taco is flying. It's like your own personal dragon mount, except it's a taco. Breathe out. Soar the skies on your giant taco, Gabby. The ghosts became smudges of color. Between blinks, furniture moved, monitors dissolved, equipment disappeared and reappeared in other parts of the room. The room lurched like a roller coaster, twisting and dipping. I think it's working, I told her. Keep breathing. Don't close your eyes. It's like watching my dreams and nightmares dance together, she said, open-mouthed. And then the room shook into focus as if we'd slammed on the brakes. We had arrived. Somewhere. Lights and lamps in the room had been turned off. On top of the incubator, sealed up tight in this place, seven candles of different sizes burned with yellow-brown light. Open flames in a hospital room? asked Gabby, her eyes bugging out of her head. Huh, you don't seem to be worried about it, I replied, pointing out to her the other Gabby Riel in the room. That Gabby wore rainbow LED barrettes that slowly changed colors, and a shirt that read, Never give in, never give in, never, 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 Winston Churchill. She had taken over the nightstand in one corner of the room and was writing furiously in her journal. Nobody seemed to know where we were. Everyone else sat on the floor in a circle around the incubator, holding hands, praying. Ms. Riel and a half-dozen Gabby dads, and Pappy and another Sal, the only one with his eyes open, looking pouty and bratty, huffing like he didn't want to be here. And leading them all in prayer was Mammy Martha. Not Martha there. Oh no, very much alive. She and Pappy sat next to each other, holding hands tightly deep in concentration. She wore a red and white robe that matched the robe on the three-foot doll of Santa Barbara in her lap. The doll's black hair flowed past its shoulders, just like Mammy's. As I looked around the circle, I saw other religious and not-so-religious stuff. Misriel had a small Virgin Mary statue, the kind with a suction cup on the base so that it can be stuck to a car dashboard in the hand that held lightning dads, in the hand that held lightning dads. Dadaist to Lightning Dad's left, clutched a rosary in the hand that held on to Carrie Dad's, and in his lap sat a laughing stone statue that looked African to me, but probably like him. Came from the Dominican Republic, big face, big smile, little body, and a bowl for a hat. Grizzly Dadams held Carrie Dad's other hand, and he wore a paper bib that had written on it in red marker, I'll believe anything if it means saving my son. 
Dad, the final frontier set between grizzly dadums and the, and the sow from there. And in her lap, a bobblehead of Albert Einstein nodded yes forever. Pappy had a coconut in his lap with shells for eyes and a mouth. The sow from there was the only one not participating. He had his cell phone in his lap. His eyes jumped from one face to the next, trying to find someone who agreed with him. That sitting in a circle praying for a dying baby was the boringest thing in the world, but everyone else was being respectful. He was the only sandwich. A sandwich who wasn't diabetic. He couldn't be. He'd never act this way in a hospital. Right in the middle of a medical emergency? If he had any clue about what being sick all the time was like. Plus, I didn't see a diabetes bag around or any bulge in his clothing where his insulin pump might be. I had to be sure. I walked over to him, got real close, stared in his eyes for a while. He had no idea I was there, breathing on him from another universe. Right on cue, stupid Sal whined in my face. Why do I have to pray and Gabby doesn't? I want to play Murder Fun 5. I really, really, really hated stupid Sal. I'm praying in my own way, the Gabby from the that place retorted. She kept writing as she spoke. I'm composing a poem to celebrate Ignacio's recovery, to be read on the day we can finally bring him home. It's a song of hope and solace that means that imagines a future time when Ignacio will engage in all the winsome activities and pursuits of a growing boy, soccer, camping, reading about pirates and dinosaurs under a beach umbrella, and eventually graduating from college. It's written in heroic couplets, a la Alexander Pope. Oh my God, said my Gabby, please tell me I'm not that extra. Extra Gabby looked up from her journal and looked straight at my Gabby without seeing her. Did you hear something? She asked the room. We are not alone, said Mammy, not Martha. She was looking me in the eye. She could see us. Two spirits are in the room. Liar, said stupid Sal. Don't you call your Mammy a liar, said Pappy in a tone that told me they fought all the time. That made me feel a little sick. Stupid Sal made an ugly face. There's no such thing as ghosts. This is such, and he said something a lot more vulgar than Kaka Seika. Look, I know that as a 13-year-old, I'm supposed to act all moody and independent and cool and whatever, except that's not how I feel. Five years ago, losing Mammy scared me all the way down and all the way up again. I would do anything to have her back, and I love Pappy and American Stepmom so much. And here was stupid Sal treating his parents like garbage, acting like he was six years old. I couldn't take it, not for a second. So I marched over to him, plucked his smartphone off his lap, and smashed it on the ground. Yee! Stupid Sal wailed like a baby. He ran over to his mammy's lap, knocking her Santa Barbara statue out of the way. Oh yeah, now you want your mommy, after disrespecting her the way you did. Stupid, stupid Sal. Mammy caught stupid Sal and held him, but she never took her eyes off me. Everyone else crawled or scooted away from the exploding cell phones, screaming and clutching their statues in fear. I held up my hands to signal I was done losing my temper. I'm sorry, I said. Can you hear me? And me? Asked my Gabby. Only Mammy could. I can hear you, Espiritus. Tell me, are you Espiritus buenos or malos? Oh, said Gabby, glancing at me. We're good spirits. Yeah, we're totally awesome, I added. Mammy scanned us. Then why do you look like Sal and Gabby, pretending to be our children, seems more like something duendas do. One of them looks like me, asked Extra Gabby. I want to see. What are duendas, asked asked my Gabby. They're like poltergeists, I answered. Then I turned back to Mammy and said, we're not duendas, we're nice. Mammy crossed her arms. Don't lie to me. You broke Sal's cell phone. 
I crossed my arms back, right back at her. Yeah, well, maybe Sal should watch his mouth around you. I didn't mean to sound as angry as I did. I didn't mean to appear again. Everyone in the room sucked in their breath together. I heard it, said Extra Gabby. Him, it's him, said Dataist. At some point, he'd put his statue down, and now he had charcoal and paper in his hands. He started sketching. Flora Maria is right. He looks like Sal. Make it go away, stupid Sal cried into my mammy's shoulder like a wussy mammy's boy who should just go play like the traffic or something. Who should just go play in the traffic or something. How did they see you? My Gabby asked me. She went over to the incubator and tried to pick up the candles. She couldn't. She put her hands on, into the flames and felt nothing. She looked back at me, fire jumping through her fingers, completely irritated. I want them to see me, too. I want to do things. How did you grab the cell phone? As usual, I replied, I have no idea what I'm doing. Spirits, Mammy almost chanted. She was still patting and cradling stupid Sal, but her voice had become as forceful as a priestess's. We have called you here to help Ignacio. He is dying. We do not know how much longer he can survive. So please, if you are kindly spirits, use your otherworldly powers to help him. Gabby and I looked at each other. Then we peered into the incubator. By the shaky delight, candlelight, we saw two Iggies. Well, kind of. They didn't look all the way real. They were superimposed over each other, like the gym wall had been. Holy frijoles, breathed Gabby. They want us to save their Iggy, Sal. I know. But we can't save their baby. We can't even save our baby. I know. I took a breath and calmed down. More quietly, I repeated. I know. I walked toward Mammy a step. We can't cure your Ignacio, Mammy. We came here looking for help for our Ignacio. He's dying too. Can you see both Iggy's, Mrs. Sal's Mammy? Gabby asked. Look in the incubator. You should see two babies there. Mammy poured cowering stupid Sal into Pappy's lap, stood up and padded on bare feet to the incubator. As her brown face entered the brown globe of light of the candles, she peered in. Her eyes slimmed, then grew startled. I see them. I see them both. A tear hung from her eye like a fruit. Is that Ignacio's soul? Is it leaving his body? No, said Miss Riel, in denial, a denial, a wish. She stood up and walked over to the incubator, but couldn't see what Mammy saw, no matter how hard she squinted. Pappy poured stupid Sal on the floor and came over to the incubator, too. Two babies, you said? He strained to look. I only see one. Relax, mi vida. Mammy told him, a hand so gentle on his shoulder. They gazed at each other with the loving looks I remembered them exchanging. Look less to see more. Both Mizrael and Pappy half closed their eyes and breathed deeply, trying to find our Iggy lying right on top of theirs. But I started to feel my patience slipping. It doesn't matter if you can see him or not, I told them, even though probably only Mammy would hear me. We can't help them. We came here looking for help, said Gabby. Our Iggy's sick, too. We just want to cure his immunodeficiency disease and let him have a normal life. We've traveled a long, long way. We have no idea how we got here or why. But we have to be here for a reason, right? Mammy tilted her head. She walked toward Gabby and me until she was standing right in front of us. Did you say immunodeficiency disease? Yes, said Gabby. Why? Mammy traded looks with us. Our Ignacio is suffering from neonatal meningitis. The doctors say it might have been caused by a staph infection. 
What? said Gabby. She ran to the foot of the incubator and picked up Ignacio's chart, reading fast, flipping through pages. The reals and stupid style screamed and backed away. Gabby, I said, you picked up the chart. You're doing things. And just like that, the chart fell through her hands and clattered to the floor. Huh, she said. It's like when we really care about something, we become more real. Gustavo, Mommy said to Pappy, who hadn't yelled or even flinched. There are two Ignacios from different universes occupying the same space. Didn't you tell me something about your research a few years ago about how things from two universes could influence each other? Virtuous supermembranation theory, Pappy quoted. Bonita and I got a Tinsley Prize for that paper. He rubbed his mouth and mustache, thinking, Bonita, come here, please. I need your help. Dad, the final frontier, backed into a wall and hugged Einstein. But I'm scared of ghosts. They're good spirits, Mammy said to her gently. They're here to help us. They're going to cure Ignacio. Mommy, don't tell them that, I said. Not, not yelled, because I don't yell. We can't help them or ourselves. Now there are two dying babies in the incubator, and we can't do anything. It's not fair. Mammy swooped over to me and tried to put her hands on my cheeks. They passed through my head, but she held them there, as if she were touching my face. She smiled down at me like the sun and said, Mijo, there are two babies in the incubator. They're both sick but they're sick in different ways, and now they're occupying the same space, almost blended together, almost one. I wish we could give the healthy parts of each of them to each other, said Gabby. That's exactly what virtuous remembranation theory proposes, said Pappy. Then he blinked. Hey, I heard a little girl. She sounded like you, Gabby. Extra Gabby, though, maybe a little scared, tiptoed over to the incubator. Hello, Gabby, she said, though she clearly couldn't see either Gabby or me. I just want you to know you're really awesome. You can totally figure this out. Thank you, Gabby, said Gabby. I think you're awesome, too. Gabby thinks you're awesome, too, Pappy told extra Gabby. That seemed to make her night. I don't understand why pa what Pappy's theory means, I said, doing everything I could not, I could to not, wait, everything, wait. I don't understand what Pappy's theory means, I said, doing everything I could not to lose my gerbils, but we had to be running out of time. What do we do? Beats me, said Pappy. I just write the theories. I don't do practice. That's for engineers. How did you get here? Mammy asked me. How did you find us? We meditated, Gabby said. Mammy looked straight at me. She was so beautiful, not because she was beautiful, but because she was my Mammy, alive and speaking perfect English like she never had before and her eyes were full of love for me. Exactly. You meditated, Miho. You dreamed about what you wanted to happen. You imagined what you wanted the world to be like. You imagined it so hard you scoured whole universes until you found the answer. And now you're here, with the power to imagine two very sick little babies healthy again. You have to connect them, Pappy added, picking up where Mammy left off. One Iggy is sick one way, but the other has a different sickness. You have to imagine that each Iggy is helping the other, the other one. Meditate on connecting them like a circuit. Connect them across universes and they'll keep each other healthy. Meditate on connecting them, said Gabby. Got it. You got it, Sal? I was breathing hard. I felt confused and lost. I didn't understand half of what was happening. But meditate on connecting them? That, I thought, I could handle. All we can do is relax and try. I'll help, Mammy added. We all will. For a second, I couldn't speak. Then I swallowed and said, it was so good to see you. Her loving hands couldn't touch me, but she tried. Is your mammy where you come from a lot like me? 
My eyes were suddenly underwater, not nearly enough. Gabby patted my shoulder like a coach telling his pitcher that he needs one more in inning out of that arm. I nodded to her and said, now the student is the master. Tell them what to do, Gabby. Me? But I don't. I cut her off. Relax, white belt. Just tell the universe what you want. The universe loves us and wants to help. Gabby smiled. Then she nodded and alive with confidence, she said, all right then. Mrs. Sell's mom, please tell everybody to imagine a giant taco.